May 9th. And as we turn our attention to the New Testament reading for today, we'll be narrating out of the book of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. And here we'll see the disciples faced three tests because of the great crowds that followed Jesus. The first one was feeding the multitude. Philip thought the answer was money. But Andrew saw the answer in a lad with a lunch. Now when you face a seemingly unsolvable problem or a huge obstacle, claim the promise of this verse. Give what you have to Jesus and let Him tell you what to do. In that uh, great song by artist Keith Green of years gone by, uh, he said in one of his songs, Keep doing your best, pray that it's blessed, and He'll take care of the rest. They were also tested in leaving the multitude. Now this incident occurred at the high point of our Lord's popularity. The disciples, especially Judas, would have welcomed a kingdom. So Jesus sent them away into a storm. They went from popularity to peril. But they were safer in the storm than when the multitude and Jesus came to them and met their needs. Can you obey His will even when you disagree with Him? And the third test is in losing the multitude. People want the Lord to meet their physical needs, but not their spiritual needs. The manna came only to the Jews and sustained physical life, but Jesus came for the whole world and gives eternal life. Now just as you take food into your body, so you take Christ into your life and He becomes one with you. The disciples had opportunity to follow the crowd, but they remained with Jesus. And with that... Let's turn our attention to today's reading from the New Testament. May 9th, John chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. After this, Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias, and a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went, because they saw his miracles as he healed the sick. Then Jesus went up into the hills and sat down with His disciples around Him. It was nearly time for the annual Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a great crowd of people climbing the hill, looking for Him. Turning to Philip, He asked, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, It would take a small fortune to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There is a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus ordered. So all of them, the men alone numbered five thousand, sat down on the grassy slopes. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and passed them out to the people. Afterward he did the same with the fish and they all ate until they were full. Now gather the leftovers, Jesus told his disciples, so that nothing is wasted. There were only five barley loaves to start with, but twelve baskets were filled with the pieces of bread the people did not eat. When the people saw this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Jesus saw that they were ready to take him by force and make him king. So he went higher into the hills alone. That evening his disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell, and Jesus still hadn't come back, 
they got into the boat and headed out across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them as they rowed, and the sea grew very rough. They were three or four miles out, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, I am here, don't be afraid. Then they were eager to let him in, and immediately the boat arrived at their destination. Holding the line, giving no slack, none, that's the discipline. And it is hard. And if there's one thing I would say that does make it easier, envision what it feels like when you're done. When they're done, they feel good. Contrary to that, envision what you will feel like later when you let the discipline slack. You know the feeling. Feeling weak. And you know that you're falling behind. Ask yourself which one you want to feel in 10 minutes. When the thing is done. When the discipline has been implemented. So work through the weakness. Fight through the temptation. Hold the line. It is not easy, but it is worth it. Wherever focus goes, energy flows. Focus on one thing. Make it your priority and stick with it no matter what. If you're trying to get there, you cannot stop believing. No matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody tells you, don't stop. You have to know it beyond knowing it. Narrow your focus to one idea, one, and make it work. Clarity is power. The more clear you are about exactly what it is you want, the more your brain knows how to get there. What's compelling? Where are you? Where do you want to be? And make it so compelling you can't help it. When you wake up in the morning, you want to transform this area of your life. When you do that with your body or your emotions or your finances or time or any other area, and you start focusing and you're clear, you're going to have energy. You're going to have drive. You're going to start to do something. They talk a lot about people dying from their diet, about what they're eating. But I strongly believe that more people are dying because of what's eating them. See, when you know what you're supposed to do, or if you know you can do more than what you're now doing, and you're not doing it, life will eat you up. It will wear you out. You will live to regret it. When you're acting on your dream, or if you're seeking and relentlessly trying to find your purpose, what fits for you, it means a level of peace. Life now takes on an adventure. But if you decide to settle and just say, oh, it doesn't matter, no, no, your dream does matter. People with dreams live longer than people without dreams. They don't need a long clock to get up in the morning. You've got a different kind of energy about you. So now your dream is not optional. No, no, no. It's necessary that I do something about this. Because if I don't, it's going to eat me alive. It's going to drive me crazy. No, I've got to do this. Thank you.
Today we're reading Psalm 106, verses 13 through 31. We see that the Israelites came to the border of the Promised Land and refused to go in. While wandering in the wilderness, they compromised with the heathen nations. Their stubborn attitude even made Moses sin. Once in the land, they compromised with the wicked nations, and God had to chasten them repeatedly. Were it not for His covenant, God would have destroyed them. But He forgave them and allowed them to have many new beginnings. Finally, He had to disperse them among the Gentiles. Psalm chapter 106, verses 13 through 31. Yet how quickly they, the Israelites, forgot what He had done. They wouldn't wait for His counsel. In the wilderness their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry land. So He gave them what they asked for. But He sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. Because of this, the earth opened up. It swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels. Fire fell upon their followers. A flame consumed the wicked. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt such wonderful things in that land, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So he declared that he would destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore he swore that he would kill them in the wilderness, that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exiling them to distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of Baal at Peor. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all these things. So a plague broke out among them. But Phinehas had the courage to step in, and the plague was stopped." So he has been regarded as a righteous man ever since that time. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 32 and 33. The wicked are crushed by their sins, but the godly have a refuge when they die. Wisdom is enshrined in an understanding heart. Wisdom is not found among fools.